Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex. I'm Jamie, and on today's episode, we're talking to Georgia, aka the Pussy Coach, about sisterhood, and we're talking to Tevin about problems with the body positivity movement. I found it super interesting. I hope you do too. Let us know if you like this episode on the Instagram, Twitter, leave us a review, all that stuff. You know, it all helps. And yeah, hope to see you at the next one. Love you. Bye. Hello, Georgia. Hello, Jamie. I wanted to talk to you about something that I'm not fully aware of, and that is the best way to talk about things, right? Come into it completely ignorant. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was scrolling through your Instagram page, uh, The Pussy Coach, right? What's the app for yeah. that? Give us the app. Come on, people go check it out. It's at the puss.ycoach because Instagram does not like the word pussy. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Um, and you were talking about sisterhood. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that. Fill us in. Oh, where do I start? Um, sisterhood, I guess, for me was quite a big missing piece of the puzzle when I was, like, creating what I wanted to create to support women. I was like, I know there's something missing here and there's like a word for it. And when I landed on it, I was like, of course it's sisterhood. That's what I already do. That's what I already am so passionate about. Um, but I guess putting it into words and um, sharing that with people was really important to me because sisterhood, we can't, especially as women, or probably as men as well, but I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, yeah. um, go through the intricacies of our life without sisterhood. We have so many like, life transitions right like getting our period for the first time um you know having a baby getting married going through menopause there's so many things that happen as women that I think we're often have been quite separated in talking about so sisterhood for me brings it all together it comes from a space of not not judgment because I feel like you can't not judge but um coming from underneath that a place of real love and always seeking connection and seeking to clarify and seeking just to to build um yeah love between one another Mm. okay interesting so you're basically saying that like yeah women have all of these shared experiences and but they don't necessarily share them with each Mm. other right yeah which i know like a lot of it there's a lot of i guess talk about coming from like back in the witch trial days <laughs> like we were totally separated you know and it wasn't mm. just that you know I would be burnt for being a witch it would be like we'll kill your baby unless you tell us that your sister is a witch and so right. obviously yeah. that's what we do right um but there seems to be quite a deep-seated mistrust that a lot of women can have with other women and also right a huge scarcity factor in like, oh, there's, there can only be like a few beautiful women or there's not enough good men to go around or mm. there's not enough money to go around. There's not enough good jobs to go around. It's just like so much competition everywhere. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. interesting actually. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. I guess, you know, with the workplace, like we're always talking about how hard it is for women to get the jobs mm. that they want. Um, and yeah, there's not enough good men going around. <laughs> 
I can think of many male arseholes and I would have to think a little harder for, um, yeah, women arseholes. Not too hard. There's a fair amount of them around. But uh, yeah, like you're right. Uh, I guess there's a bit of a scarcity going on, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard I'm enough sorry. for women to get to get ahead, you know, yeah. which just means that there's less opportunities and yeah, mm. nice things and nice people out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so the competition like, is rife, which yeah. is not conducive to sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's really interesting, actually. So how have you kind of found, you know, talking about this? Is that Has there been a bit of resistance towards it or...? Um, I think the resistance comes from perhaps women not wanting to take responsibility for a lot of things that we've done. There's a lot of shame, I think, around the way perhaps in our younger years we've treated other women um, and people don't like to talk about, like, the shameful things they've done, right? They don't want to talk about yeah. Like, or even like now, like, especially within business talking about like jealousy or like resentment or bitterness at other women and God, I've totally been there. And for me being like really honest about that and speaking about it from a place of taking like radical responsibility for myself and not wanting to like be in victim mode anymore. And I guess offering that alternative thinking out to other women that we can still honor like these really strong emotions that come up because that's what they're there for, like anger, jealousy, resentment. They're so powerful and they always, you know, want us to separate ourselves but actually going inward and being vulnerable and sharing that with other yeah. women is really that, powerful and healing that part of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, anger and jealousy are, are secondary emotions as well. They're mm. not, they're not air quotes, natural. You know, they are reactions yeah. to more natural feelings of, like, being scared. Um, yeah. or you know feeling lesser being sad um so yeah I mean no, I I had I had um years of anger management therapy many many years ago and yeah that was the main thing that I was taught is that you know if you're angry it's because you're you're trying to cover up something else you know feeling mm. feeling lesser and I was feeling you know, inferior and you know vulnerable yeah um so yeah that's one thing and then you mentioned uh you know holding yourself responsible and accountable and not playing the victim which mm. I think is a bit of an oxymoron right because if you hold yourself accountable if you if you accept the mistakes you've made and talk about them publicly you're not making you're not playing the victim but you are making yourself vulnerable right it hurts to do that stuff I disagree you disagree okay <laughs> I feel sorry you like empowered by doing that it's like realizing that it's really easy for me especially like coming from places of trauma to want to play the victim to want yeah to manipulate people in that way and it is manipulation like even like people pleasing is manipulation right and I feel like I was so blind to all of that stuff within myself for so long but for me allowing myself to face that part of myself and to be empowered by like this this is what I experienced. This is where I believe it comes from. And this is me choosing to have a different response after I fully mm. honored it and like allowed myself to feel it, not to just leap over that feeling, but to be like, well, yeah. I'm feeling jealous, you know? So that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting to because the, yeah. the easy part is jumping over it. Is, oh, is, yeah. yeah, 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 totally. So yeah, it that's what that... For you though. <laughs> it does, yeah. Oh, it comes back to you or you end up being a shitty person because you've got all this stuff yeah. in the past you didn't deal with yeah I've been there exactly you're like I'll push it down because I'm a nice person I shouldn't feel jealous about yeah. this yeah and then it's just like still simmering away under there yeah totally until yeah. I feel I always think this is what like sisterhood's about right 
sharing that with a woman who you know is not going to judge you for it, but just to hold that space for you and to witness you as you say it. Because yeah. as soon as you say it out loud, you're like, actually, that's not really how I feel. Like, like you mm. said, it's either like fear or sadness down there somewhere that I yeah. feel. But I have to say it out loud and be vulnerable within that in order for me to move through it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying. So you do agree with me because yeah, when you first do it, <laughs> when you first do it, when you first accept those feelings and like, you know, oh, I've done something shitty because I was acting out of anger or out of jealousy. That's the vulnerable bit because it fucking hurts. Like to accept your mistakes hurts. But then once you've done yes. it, you're then way stronger. I, yeah. I, I I'm find totally anyways. with you. I yeah, don't yeah. disagree anymore okay I, I, I wasn't understanding you properly <laughs> no I didn't explain it very well yeah but yeah but yeah like yeah, that's the thing it's this kind of but it's something I've had to learn very recently you know in the last couple of years that um accepting mistakes that you've made and you know accepting like oh I probably shouldn't have dealt with that in such anger I should have just you know spoken my feelings um that fucking hurts like physical pain hurts um and then it's only short-lived and then you get over it and you feel stronger and you know you realize mm-hmm. like okay i accepted that and i held myself accountable um so you're saying that with through sisterhood that's something that can be done with other people like supporting you is that what you're saying yeah yeah for sure i think that was like a big missing piece of the puzzle for me for so long i thought i was being vulnerable but i wasn't i was like journaling to myself <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah sharing like the deep the deep hurt that I'd been through um, and like feeling the support of other women from that. Cause I think often what keeps us from being vulnerable is like all the stories in my head, right. That are just stories are not true, but are mm. like, if you say this, that's going to happen. This is going to happen. It's going to ruin everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To go through that and realize that wasn't the case at all. And I did have a lot of love and support was yeah, really healing. I felt really held within, within the sisterhood. So that's what I love mm. to offer out to women that I work with too. Yeah, nice. No, I like that. I yeah, I, I've had very limited experience with this kind of thing. Um, but I went to a uh, a men's sharing circle um, at the start of lockdown, which is basically you know when everyone was doing big Zoom calls because it mm. was like this is novel, and now everyone's fucking done with them. It was <laughs> this is at the start of lockdown, and there was loads of uh, men, and it was all just about basically talking about how we're sad sometimes. It was really, <laughs> it was really nice, and like. I love- everything that you kind of expect you know the stereotype of like a load of men talking in a you know more of a mental health space it was all the stereotypes I loved it um Mm. yeah and I and it was really it was really good to just kind of have a conversation where ego was just left at the door and Mm. everyone and there was some like really good looking men on there there was some really old men on there there was like me (laughs) you know it was all different kinds of people um all just sort of agreeing like yeah lockdown sucks and yeah I'm sad and yeah I don't like my body and stuff like that um and it was so nice to do that in a space where there wasn't ego or competition and I think that's that's a that's a let's call it a brotherhood thing that's a that's a man yeah. thing like you know to have ego and to like be competitive um so I can totally imagine yeah the benefits of of a sisterhood version of that where yeah like you say you leave kind of competition you know at the door yeah and it's um what was I going to say it's Oh, that was it. It's not, we're not seeking to like change someone else's mind or help them or save them in any way, which fuck is such like a, a thing we want to do, right? It's like, how can I yeah. help you how to make this better? Because mm. I'm uncomfortable watching you be uncomfortable. Whereas, yeah, being like these sisterhood and brotherhood spaces, it's, I'm not here to save you. I'm here just to witness you as you speak your truth, which is people just want to be seen. They want to be heard in their own like raw, Mm. vulnerable truth. They don't Mm. want you to have to say anything. 
and all that we do like within that the you know the women's circles that I hold is like thank you for sharing and thank you for listening that's all mm. we need to give in that moment yeah yeah um active listening is a skill mm. um a skill that needs to be learned and not many of us practice it um yeah. I I trained as a mental health first aider a few years ago and the first thing we were taught was how to actively listen um, because our instincts are, especially when friends talk to us about mental health issues or any issues, you know, our instincts are, I'm listening, I'm waiting for you to stop talking, and then I'm going to give you like advice on how to fix it. You know, I, here, yeah. I, you've come to me so I can fix it for you. And sometimes, you know, problems don't get fixed that way. You know, they, they just yeah. need to be heard and you need to just yeah. shut up and let someone talk at you for a <laughs> bit, you know, and that's a skill to learn. And I had to really like learn it for this mental health first aid stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. exactly. It's a tough one, isn't it? I remember one of my like coach mentors was like, who, who are you to think that what you're about to say is more important than what they're about to think in this space? Mm. I was like, God, oh, so true. Cause you know, when you like, you're just, landing on like a new insight or thought and someone speaks and like they've stolen it from you so yeah <laughs> it's very that's present really interesting mm. yeah I like that okay all right yeah I'm on board I'm on board <laughs> I like this sisterhood and brotherhood thing and active yeah. listening and all that yeah that's a that's the thing I'd love people to take that away you know talk to you know your friends um you know that's obviously important but you know actively listen to your friends as well and and not every conversation has to end with a solution um mm. yeah i had a conversation with my friend uh reed amber yesterday who has broken her foot um and she was telling me about it she was really sad because obviously summer's starting and her foot's broken now she can't go out as much as she would like and i was like oh it's okay you know they'll operate on it and maybe it'll be okay and you know it might heal quicker and she and she literally was like can you just shut up and just say oh yeah that sucks like i don't need this feedback i don't need you to tell me it's going to be okay um she yeah. just needed to you know complain about it which is which mm -hmm. is also you know cathartic mm, for sure yeah yeah there you go sisterhood <laughs> Sisterhood and Brotherhood. Is there a song where they say that? I feel like it's a Disney song. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's me, Jamie, and I've got an important announcement to make, alright? This podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been, knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counselling session with me and my counsellor from BetterHelp, um, and I've been on it for years now, probably like coming up to like four years, I think, maybe five years I've been on it, um, getting counselling um, on a weekly basis, and I love it. Um, and yeah, it's really it's really nice. It's a bit like Tinder for therapists. You, you put in like your problems, <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about, and then it comes up with all these different counsellors who um, specialise in that area, and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which one's for you. That's really cool. I've gone through like probably, probably like 14 counsellors in my time on BetterHelp. For me, living in London especially um, I think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in person therapy is really expensive um, this gives you that but you know at the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um, and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um, yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh, online securely online um, yeah, I send messages at all, at all points in, in the day and night um, it's pretty good for that you can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like a bit of a distance. Like you're not completely like fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want like a, a quicker response. So 
they are sponsoring this podcast now which is cool which means we have a discount link um you get 10 percent off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash let's talk about sex jamie there's a link in the bio and yeah love you bye hey tevin hey jamie how's it going you good pretty good it's a (laughs) gloomy monday morning in new york (laughs) it's quite pleasant to be you know up chatting with you Nice, good. A reason to get out of bed, which I guess we all need during this well, <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So I wanted to chat to you about um, all things body positivity and all that. Do you want to give us a quick kind of rundown of, of you and uh, the kind of content that you put out into the world? Yeah, of course. So I feel like body positivity is a hot topic right now. I feel like mm. it's on, you know, everybody's lips. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be body positive and Mm. how people are using it. And I guess to a certain extent, how people are weaponizing it Mm. as well. I think that there's a lot that can be said about it that isn't being said. Yeah. Um, But my ties to it is I started posting on Instagram, literally just sharing like my nightlife and stuff, because at the time Mm. I had the opportunity to like, you know, really immerse myself in New York City nightlife. Yeah, And I would just like post my, you know, pictures of my outfits online, things that I was mm. doing, and it was beginning to gain traction. Um, somebody introduced me to a page called F Your Beauty Standards. They shared mm. my photo um, and it kind of from there opened my eyes up to this community of people that were supporting each other, you know, despite what your body type is, it was never the thing that hinders you, but it was something that you should be proud of, Mm. you know, no matter what you are. Yeah. I feel like because there are a lot of plus size, you know, and different body types that are praised within the body positivity movie, people have taken it as a thing of, you know, it's just supporting being fat. And I'll be very honest with you, and this may not go over well with some other people, but I'm fine Mm. with people disagreeing with me because I think that that's where a healthy conversation starts. Mm. Yeah. But there are people within the community who use body positivity as, you know, it's just the thing about being fat and it's just for fat people. And that's not the truth. Right. Everybody needs a little bit of body positivity in their life. Even, Mm. you know, the fittest person needs a dose of body positivity in their life because the God honest truth is that everybody has something on their body that they're not too proud of, Mm. that they don't necessarily like about themselves and stuff like that. And that's why body positivity exists to help you to learn to love yourself wholly and completely yeah and when you're able to find that loving yourself then you're able to you know move on and work on other aspects in your life whether that be if you choose that you want to become fit Mm. if you know your choice is that you you revel in your bigness and that's what you desire for your life because there are people who you know started life off really skinny and becoming big was a goal for them you know Mm. there's there's no right or wrong way to body positivity Mm. other than knowing that it's supposed to cover all aspects of life you know all body types yeah because there's no one body type that is more beautiful than the other Mm. 
Yeah. So, you, so to you then, the body positivity movement is kind of open to everyone then. Like, doesn't matter, you know, why you're entering the movement. You think everyone should get something from it. Yeah. There's people that yeah. struggle with body image who are thin. Think about it. There are people that are anorexic and bulimic. Yeah. And for them, their body dysmorphia is that they see themselves as being bigger than they really are. Yeah. And so, so they would benefit from this as well. Yeah. What I don't understand is why some people feel like skinny or, you know, smaller people than them should be looked down upon and frowned on. And mm. one of the things that people talk about all the time is that for so long while I was younger and stuff like that, people looked down upon me because of my body size. But then you turn around and you're doing the same thing to somebody else and you don't yeah. know what's going on within their life. You don't know how they're, you know, fearing with their body image mentally. So you go and you make those, you know, nasty remarks about them and it sends them on a spiral. It sends them down the rabbit hole. And I feel like mm. that's counterproductive to everything that you're saying that you stand for. If you cannot extend that same hand to somebody else, not because people of that body type ridiculed you in the past means that you turn around and you do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are definitely some people that align themselves with the body positivity movement um, that I've spoken to that feel like it's a, it's a it's a fat person thing, and that certain you know body types shouldn't sort of be a part of it, um, or at least they should be sort of lower down in the kind of you know if we're raising these people's voices and putting them on platforms and stuff, there there's like a hierarchy to it. There are definitely some people that feel that way. Yeah, and I mean. Even within, like, you, you mentioned the hierarchy, I will admit, within the community, there is a hierarchy. There's the popular ones who, you know, they're assigned to agencies, they do all sorts of different things, and they have one type of body type. They represent one spectrum of, you know, body diversity. These brands that are hiring them, you know, are definitely the gatekeepers, and they look to ensure a certain image. You know, like a guy like me isn't going to go out and book that Dolce & Gabbana ad yeah. because they don't see the worth in my body type. Mm, you know, they'll choose yeah. the guy who's on the smaller side who, you know, sort of fits that mold a little more than I do Yeah, because it's safe. It's like we yeah, can say yeah. that we're like, you know, doing body diversity without really doing it. Right. Yeah. So they're kind of like handpicking, like we want body diversity, but only from like these kinds of bodies. <laughs> like exactly. it's still handpicking. Yeah. 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 You okay. know, I think one person that does get it and is making strides in what they're trying to do is Rihanna. Mm. You know, the Savage at Spenty line really covers a wide range of body types. And that has been her goal since launching that brand it wasn't yeah. something that came with time yeah it was something that was there within the launch of that brand mm. and then you know she expanded it into including men's wear you know this past year and that yeah. did really well but one thing that i feel like and this isn't this isn't on rihanna but um there's a model dexter mayfield who is a big guy like you know yeah. in comparison to all of the other bigger men that were featured within the runway show and the you know e-commerce campaigns dexter is very much a bigger guy who's around more so my body type 
And he mm. was featured as a model and as a dancer in the runway show. And I feel like there's, you know, the guys that look like a linebacker and stuff like that. Those are the ones being praised like, oh, my God, they're breaking barriers. They're doing right. this stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, well, you know, how can you stand up there and overlook this guy who's literally mm. like dancing his heart out and like giving you everything that he's got? Yeah. In favor of somebody yeah. else who, to be very honest with you, I feel like you have such a huge platform. You should be speaking more for those, you know, body types that are lesser, right. you know, celebrated. Yeah. You mentioned uh, weaponizing, people weaponizing the movement earlier. What did you mean by that? So what I meant by that was, again, it's that thing of because we've been ridiculed for so long, people look to claim body positivity as only for fat people. Mm. This is on both ends. This is people that don't understand what body positivity means. And this is also people that understand what it means, claim to be a part of the community, but aren't willing to really see what this community is truly about. And it's that thing of like throwing, throwing it in, your, um, in people's face, like, oh, body positivity is just for us. You know, we've been attacked for so long. We've been under scrutiny for so long. Screw mm. them. You know, I'm tired of seeing all of these skinny, you know, expletive redacted people, you know, getting right. all of this shine and stuff like that. And I feel mm. like you're missing the point. Right. And it's the same thing with, you know, other people online who, you know, again, miss the point and don't understand what it's really about. And so, you know, when people like me post a photo shoot that I've done or something like that, or I post some artwork um, that someone drew of me, I read the comments from time to time, and the things that I hear are just like, oh, so we're just glorifying fat bodies, we're glorifying diabetes and right. high blood yeah. pressure and things like that. And it's like really, really rude. And they fail to realize that it's not about that. Mm. And then I also think to myself, because oftentimes the people that say it, of course, it's like, you know, blocked profiles, you know, profiles that are full of fake pictures and things like that, oftentimes. And I'm just like, I really wonder what you look like. Right. What are you suffering from that you feel the need to go online and to just trash other people with, you know, relentlessly without reason? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. what light is that bringing to your life at this point? Yeah. So what would you uh, kind of like to say to someone who wants to look into this movement more and wants to kind of learn more about these, these like, you know, underrepresented body types? Where should they go? I would say go to social media, but to be very honest with you, the work starts internally. Mm. You know, social media can give you one thing, a community, but it can also give you another thing that I think is quite detrimental, which is instant gratification or maybe sometimes a lack thereof. Right. Yeah. You know, um, for someone like me, who I am a content creator, but I definitely do like march to my own beat in the terms of how I curate my content, the things that I post, the things that I am willing to participate in and do. Mm. I know that it differs from other people and I'm totally okay with that. And I know that not everybody's going to agree with the things that I post. I posted um, a photo shoot that I did a couple of months ago that was inspired by Tom of Finland. 
who's right. an artist that I absolutely admired, but I also had to acknowledge that my body type was never seen as the ideal body type of the man that Thomas Finland drew. Yeah. Nor was it, you know, black men, you know, right. there were a couple, but it wasn't often. Mm. So I decided that I wanted to take that and flip it on its head and recreate some yeah. of the images that I loved on my own. I posted it and I lost a bunch of followers. Really? Yeah. And I just, you know, took a moment and I laughed at it. And I was just like, mm. you know, there's always going to be people who don't understand the message, who don't understand what it is that I'm trying to say and don't understand why I do some of the things I do and why it's important to me. Instagram is very much a visual place, but I believe that pictures can speak for themselves and the words can make the image speak even louder. Mm. And so yeah. that post was, you know, laden with my own quotes on the images and what it was that I did. And if those people had maybe taken the time out to read it and understand it, <laughs> you know, maybe they would have felt differently. But I also realized that it's not my job to do that. The people yeah. that need to hear that message and, you know, see what I'm trying to say are the people that are going to find that work. They're going to go yeah. seeking it out and they're going to find answers to, mm. you know, questions that they have within their own lives. Mm. So I think that's one of the positive things about social media that you can go and you can find that community or you could find that person that has an answer to the question that maybe you didn't even know that you were questioning at all. Yeah. But again, you know, like I said, it has to start internally. Mm. I had things that I had to work on with myself you know, mentally. And now I'm beginning to work on physically, Yeah, you know, to get to the place where I am, to get to a point where I can say that, like, you know, I'm happy with myself. I'm content with certain things. You know, I don't think that there's ever a point where we reach complete happiness with it, everything. We find, you know, that we reach a point of happiness and then we look to the next thing. But you have to also reach a point of happiness that when you do get that thing that you were searching for and you were looking for and you begin to manifest and think about what the next thing is, mm. you're able to like, you know, revel in that moment of happiness and be ready to conquer that next thing. Yeah. Some solid advice there. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. What are you afraid of? All right, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really, really means a lot to me that you have gone out of your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their sex stories. <laughs> um, if you like what we're doing, go check us a follow on Let's Talk About Sex Jamie on Instagram. Uh, tell your friends about us, leave a review on iTunes, all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end, basically. Um, yeah, it really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week. Love you, bye. <laughs>